to the Rich Report. I'm Patrick. Wait, no, no, that's not my line. I'm Major. Where's Patrick? Patrick's Patrick? not here this week, but I'm Tom. Um, Major. Hey, Tom. What did you want to talk about today? Uh, the disappearance of Patrick, but I guess we'll save that for the Netflix uh, docuseries. Okay, obviously. sure. Where, where's Patrick? Uh, so I, I guess um, we could talk about earnings season. Wah, 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 wah. Guys, get ready. If you thought last year sucked, we're going to see how much interest rates affected earnings this year. Uh, and we got a little taste of it today. We'll get into that with the banks. Um, but first, Tom, the VIX is under 20. Yeah. It, it, so I don't know. Things look like they're uh, kind of trying to pick back up. But is this it, actually? Or I mean, we heard from the Fed all week, right? Including uh, the myth, the man, the legend, the asshole, Jay Powell himself, right? Say that, or, you know, we're going to be, we're going to hold for longer, right? Like, they don't, like, like Bosick doesn't expect, like, Fed President Bosick doesn't expect there to be, like, he's going to hold through 2024, yeah. Right. Like so. That, that's that's quite a bit. But historically, and by historically, I mean like you know this bear market this last uh, year uh, from twenty twenty two, right? When the VIX is under twenty, historically this last year, it's been a very good time to sell stocks. Right. Yeah. Now, the problem is with this market. Every time you seem to identify a problem or identify a pattern, it does the it, it does the exact opposite. It breaks out of it. Mm-hmm. And. It's, this VIX under 20 is like, I don't know, kind of generally seen more as volatility being at a very low point. And then that then induces an increase in volatility just to change things up. Mm, Self-fulfilling prophecy, maybe. Maybe. Right. But like, like, well, that so doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of things like just, be, it, right? just because like, things are chill doesn't mean it needs to get stirred up again. Like, I mean, what? are things chill? Like, dude, no, it was like last so. week ago, like, Spy was like 375. So, do you think there's some odd, odd things going on then with the price of VIX? Because should things be volatile? I think they're pretty volatile right now. But uh, that, that's a good question. I mean, like, you know, it goes back to like, what's the definite of volatile? Like, are we going up and down? Like, yeah, like, there's been a lot of chop in, mm-hmm. in the market, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, if we're talking about like, like VIX, like future contracts, like I think it makes sense because stocks are up, right? It makes sense for institutions and, and for savvy traders, for for those who can afford it, to mm-hmm. start hedging with some puts, right? Which usually is what brings the VIX back up, right? However, if we don't see a rise in, or an increase in the VIX here pretty soon, that would signal to me that institutions aren't trying to hedge right now with puts, right? They think that it's we're just going to keep going yeah. up, yeah, right? Because no, no one wants to lose money, right? Like it's an educated bet. It's an educate like a hedge is an and educated bet to like try to save face. Vo- volatility but, is like, I guess, measured by all the options that are kind of in the chain, right? So right. So you're talking about the volatility index, not volatility the verb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I I I, I don't know. The, there's probably a lot less speculation going on. There's a lot less at play right now. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that, right? right. Uh, all of last year, we were, you know, uh, traders were, were shaking in their boots trying to figure out if this next rate hike was going to be another 75 basis points. And because alert, it usually was. Because there is fewer traders at play right now, 
arguably less money in the system. Do you think uh, that's uh, yeah, why yeah, we're seeing a little bit more actual volatility, the verb? Um, quite possibly, right? Like, especially with quantity, which, which is hilarious because the volatility measure VIX does not measure that. <laughs> no, no, it's very misleading. <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, it's almost like the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, he went there. Snap, spent put more money in the market. Damn. Well, hey, uh, but hey, we looked the at the U- M one earlier. Uh, not looking yeah, good. Yeah, I was I was trying to figure out how to segue into, it, but like, it's hard to guys uh, look at look at the chart for for M one. If you don't know what M one is, uh, join our Discord or, or you know look it up on Investopedia. If join our Discord talk and about it. at Tom. What's M one or at me? Yeah. What's M one? Yeah, oh, it'd be great, and we'll, we'll we'll break it down. We'll show you the chart we're talking about. But like, basically, like we went from like a trillion to four trillion in a, in a decade, and uh, it's it's a no. We we went from scary. like uh, what chart is that? Three or four trillion to thirty or uh, twenty four trillion in oh, that's it. A year and a half. <laughs> I was yeah yes. I was looking at the less scary chart, which was gold. My bad. Yes, you are absolutely yes. right. Yeah, yes. we looked at a couple of charts before here, and then Tom and I realized uh, that this is a podcast, and that uh, showing you guys a bunch of charts or looking at a bunch of charts uh, is kind of useless because it's yeah. a podcast. It's hard to describe a chart, but I feel right. like I drew a pretty big picture there. With yeah, it's Crazy. beautiful, Tom. Crazy I'm gonna hang it has on my refrigerator. It's it's, it's yeah, honestly, that would almost be worth framing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and print that out. Uh, speaking of That's worth hilarious. framing, what do you think about UVXY? Uh, is this gonna be a ticker worth framing or a ticker worth shaming? Well, historically speaking, it's been nothing but shame since the get go. And I don't know. I'm kind of glad that you brought this up. So UVXY is something that again we've kind of talked about in Discord a little bit, but it's a leveraged ETF based on the VIX, which is trading based on an assigned value correlated to the number of options contracts that are currently in the chain about a month and a bit out. Did you say that's an accurate description, Major? Yeah, I think UVXY is like two months rolling. It rolls like from one month to two. Yeah, and because of that, it has slightly more leverage due to that. So anyways... If there's a lot of options trading in the market on a specific day, UVXY goes up. Also, VIX goes up. And I don't know, just the amount of money that's needing to be put into these things. Like generally it goes, I don't know, down because it's a leveraged product. There's a management expense and people trade it on a daily basis, but it's not a like long-term investment because it always depreciates in value. It goes down because stocks only go up. Yeah. Right. If you're looking at a put the call ratio and the market is on a 12, 13 year bull run, then Mm -hmm. your calls should outweigh your puts every time. And you're going to need to readjust. You're going to need to do a reverse stock split. Yeah. Right. So, and then because you're a greedy bastard, you're going to need to take your management fees out. Yeah. Each year they basically depreciate a little bit, depreciate a little bit more, depreciate a little bit more, depreciate a little bit more. They might pay some kind of dividend or not. And generally it's for traders to have daily or like short-term exposure for a like trade that they're making based on what they think volatility may or may not do over the next however long I think. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. Typically like a weird uh, thing. Do I think it's going to go up perhaps maybe short-term, but 
if it goes down too, too much, like, I don't know, how can these things just like in, infinitely go down? Oh, well, that's a great question, Tom. Uh, you do what I like to call a reverse stock split. Uh, and I think everyone else what? calls it too, actually, now that, now that I think about it. Sure. Uh, so basically you, you take this, the, this, uh, you got a hundred shares of UBXY for $5, right? Uh, and then you just do like a one for 10 reverse stock split. That's and like so $500. Shares be- become 10 shares, right? Oh, but now your $5 becomes your $5 per share becomes $50 per share. Oh, right? okay. And That's so still now, $500. So now I have $45 to fucking drain out of this stock, uh, uh, over, over the next lifetime before the next RSS. Uh, so oh, there was, we, we, I we see. talked about this. So the goal is to almost go down and collect shareholder value for I mean, like if, traders. If you have like, so I don't know, it's like the opposite of Apple, right? Like if you have something that just goes up infinitely, you know, historical data does not guarantee future results, blah, blah, blah. Right. But if you have something that, you know, historically goes up, you want to be long. But if you have a specific fucking financial product a specifically designed etf that does nothing but go down uh then you can just you know do the inverse of a long or what I like to call a shorty right yeah and you can just short it and, and it's and it's fun now would it be worth using options to short with with puts well yeah i mean like unless you could legitimately short it uh I think for most traders and for those listening to the podcast, puts would probably be your best exposure to a short position. Um, so you, you, you as a trader, or I guess like, like, I don't know what I'm saying you, I mean me right now, I'm, I'm the trader, right? So this is where I'm at right now. I could, so before we've talked about this before, the listeners of the podcast, right? Michael Burry um, had a nice little overlay chart of 2008 and the risk reward ratio was like one to 12, right? Mm. Like, so it was, it was a, uh, it was a strategic gamble, right? If the VIX would blow up in December or January or February or March, right? Uh, but you know, you know what's cooler than strategic gambling is not gambling at all, and not trying to catch a falling knife. Uh, so you know, UVX was Fair. great at eight dollars. Was great at seven dollars. Was great at six dollars. So at five fifty, it must be fantastic, right? But like, hey, just calm your horses. Maybe, maybe oh, we see where this goes, right? Either bottoms. And it starts reversing, and it starts going back up, and then you can, like, you know, buy it at six, buy it at seven, buy it at eight, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Or what I think is probably going to be more likely—I don't know—depends on what the Fed does here. Uh, and that's going to be a reverse stock split for UVXY, hmm. right? And yeah. then when it you know uh, go, goes up in value, you can buy shorts. However, I warn—I warn of the Greek tragedy. You identify this amazing pattern. You, you you think it's great. You go short after the reverse stock split, and then J-Pal fucks the market. <laughs> buy drops from four hundred to three hundred, right? <laughs> and, and then so what was supposed to happen in Q one happens in Q two or something. You know, risk management. Tom is is probably uh, gonna yeah. be like what what you're gonna say. Yeah, and like I don't know. Always be careful with trading especially with like weird products that you oh maybe shorting and like all the other things like i don't know maybe don't try to trade based on lines on the chart maybe try to trade based on fundamentals right like what is the market like what is the market going to do or a healthy balance of both but again still like risk management in every single trade please 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 and thank you uh speaking of balance we had some inflation data this week with CPI. Mm-hmm. 
right? Um, so let's see. CPI year over year came in at 6.5, right? Like mean expectations. And then month over month actually came down 0.1% uh, below expectations. So pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, unlike the initial jobless claims number, which came in. Well, I guess cool, but that would be hot in this case because bad news is good news and good news is bad news, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want a weakening job market. But initial jobless claims was down 10,000, right? So a strong job market just gives the Fed the ability slash excuse to continue to raise rates, right? And now you've got some people on Wall Street just begging for 100 basis points. Those numbers are are few and far between. Um, But so are the outliers that are saying, Fed, this is enough. No more interest rate hikes. I think most likely what the, the Fed's been telegraphing is some kind of 75 basis points whether that's a 50 and a 25 or three 25s, mm. that is yet to be seen. Mm. I don't know. Like, do, do you really think we are coming in for a delayed recession impact? Or do you think the whole stock market is four to six months ahead of the economy? It's already been accounted for. We had a bad last year. Are you asking year. me, are you, are you actually asking me, do I think the Fed is going to nail a soft landing? Do I think... The Fed, who has fucked this up the entire time, is it priced in? Right? The bond market is. The bond market's calling the Fed's bluff. The bond market has. hate it. But they might have done it. The bond market said, fuck you, bro. No, do you think. All right. It's hard to believe the most incompetent. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm young. I'm not going to believe the most incompetent Fed I've seen in my lifetime. Like, what the fucking lifetime is this? You've seen one Uh, Fed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I saw Vulcan when I was in diapers, right? So, like. Yeah. But I've seen this guy fuck up so many times, it feels like a couple of lifetimes, right? Like, this transitory was so bad. Like, <laughs> dude, I was going back and listening to, like... like a couple lifetimes, man. Dude, <laughs> I agree. I was going back and listening to, like, our old podcast, and we were talk- We were making fun of this Fed president. This is, like, back in, like, November of 2021 or something like that. Oh, God. And we were making fun of him. We, we really started doing for... podcasts at the right time. Looking over There's no 2020... Was perfect, right? But yeah. but this this Fed president was calling for two two basis point or or two uh two rate hikes for the year of twenty twenty two, and at the same time, a Bank of America analyst called for seven rate hikes. Hmm. And we on the podcast we were laughing we're like ah like like this 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 boa dumbass over here right is is trying to fight the Fed. But no, we had seven rate hikes in twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. Like the Bank of America analyst was right and the Fed president was wrong. So, like, it's hard for me, what, like, since World War II or, or since the 90s, right, the, the Fed has had a terrible track record at soft landings, right? Like, I don't think they've nailed a single soft landing since the 90s, no. right? And I think that, per, and I think it's like a 90% if you go back to World War II, like, like so, like, the odds are forever against their favor, right? Uh, and then you take... The track record over the last two years as a trader who uses the exponential moving average, I'm going to use the exponential judging average over here. And I'm going to say, like, you know, they, their, their judgment has been pretty shit the last two years. Mm-hmm. So and why like, do I why should I expect it's why, been should I, pretty, why should I expect them to be good now? It's been pretty shit. OK, it's been a pretty yeah. shit situation, too, man. Like. That has not been easy. Any no decision saw. you make is the wrong yeah. decision. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, you either figure out tomorrow, right now, 
and have the money to do things and pay for it later or you you, you kind of people die like shit <laughs> i don't know like, it, 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 it's it's a it's a tough thing to kind of say and like i don't know people die sure yeah we had a pandemic it's now now kind of coming out who knows there's some shit stirring about it i think there's going to be some lawsuits involved about the whole thing but we'll see that that's for 2024 2025, 2027, over 170% or sorry, 169% um, nice. month over month uh, as of this recording. <laughs> so fun stuff all around. Uh, I have a, a nasty little, what, February call, right? $300 in, $2,000 in profit. Ah, like, what's up, boys? Like, yeah. fun stuff. Um, but cool. So, well, I don't know. We've, we spent the whole week talking about natural gas. Let's talk about earnings. We kicked off earnings yeah. season, right? Dear Lord, this is going to suck. As you know, we've talked about in the podcast before. On average, right? And of course, historical precedence doesn't indicate, doesn't guarantee future, blah, blah, blah. But typically, it takes 12 to 18 months on a interest rate increase cycle for that interest rate to seep into the Actual company earnings. earnings reports. Yes. Right? And recession bull market bear market it doesn't fucking matter right stock price follows earnings yeah right just follow, just follows them like that's just just follows the money right so are we about to get a rude awakening we're getting the fr- uh, the the first line uh, of companies is going to be banks right we had some pretty mixed results bank uh blackrock just whooping ass right it came in like over a dollar like over estimates like well some 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 analyst estimates i wonder tom would you if you were if you were an analyst, right, and you were in charge of BlackRock, would you give them a lower EPS so when they beat it, they have a higher share price, have a a, a stronger market reaction, and, and in hopes that you one day get a job at BlackRock? That uh, sounds pretty fishy. Um, so yes, so so no, so maybe not to you personally, but someone else is doing it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I don't know. All of the like earnings estimates that like you see it's weird whenever like i don't know everything's so manipulatable anyways like i can just give you a, a lower projection and then you beat it and it looks great but that right. projection saying, was right? lower yeah. than what your actual earnings were last time at this like last year at the same time i don't know, do you so, like you've got having to, over ha- 10 Sorry, you have bro. over 10 trillion dollars assets under management right like it would be embarrassing if you didn't fucking like win the market yeah. Right, like at that point, you can manipulate the market to the point where you always win, or you, you always walk away with a winning average. I guess I don't know. Like, wh- what do so, you do? Just buy into a bunch of companies and give them really like low, easy estimates, and then they just smash it every single time, and then people buy in because oh my god, company well, I mean, ABC what's nice about is ent- smashing estimates eight quarters in a row. Oh my god. Well, so what, what's nice about uh institutions or well not nice as a retail trader i fucking hate it but if you're an institution what's nice is you only have to report like every quarter yeah, right yeah 
So BlackRock uh, buys this shitty company in 2021 and it moons and they're holding it and they and they held it too long, right? And in 2022, it, it, it just, the share price just shits the bed, right? Now they're lost money, all right? Okay, yeah. Well, you made a bad trade, but you're not a bad trader, right? Like you can still, you still have the tools of BlackRock. You find where you think the low is going to be and you fucking buy a bunch of shares. And then in the next filing, it put, comes out that BlackRock bought 2 million more shares at this ridiculously low price. Yeah. And so now everyone's like, oh shit, BlackRock's like, like averaging down. Like, like we've, we've reached the bottom. Mm-hmm. Your shit goes up and then you just quietly share, like sell it on, on, uh, on a dark pool or open market. I don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. But you don't have to report, you don't have to report your holdings until the end of the next quarter. True. Right. So you could completely sell out of your position. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, it's really easy to like manipulate the market. It's kind of shitty that it works that way too. Kind of, you know, like, Oh, it's super, the, the, there's, super There's a handful of institutions that are like, all. No, yeah. And like, the, there's a handful of institutions that everyone like really looks to for like, I don't want to say guidance. That's definitely not the right word, but like information that influences their decision overall. Like, yeah, well, you, I mean, you, you can name a very reputable institution and if like they're buying some like, okay, it's reasonable, reasonable to believe that the average trader amongst all the ones that are out there at institutional or retail that it looks a little bit better if a well-established institution is formally buying them. Yeah. If, if Warren Buffett is buying oxygen to petroleum, right? Yeah. At the fucking peak, oil is over $100, it's $120, $130 a barrel. And Warren Buffett, who's 90 fucking two, 98, one of those, the, over 90 years old, is buying into oil, right? Like when it's well over its What average. if he's just doing the grandpa move and he's like, someone's going to have to lose on oil. It better be me. And Take the loss himself. Dude, that would be fucking dope, dude. Like I, I, I went speechless for a second because like that would just like <laughs> out be... grandpa the shit out of the pa- uh, Patagonia bitch uh, guy. Um, yeah. Who, by the way, yeah, I, like we suspected that was tax. That was like for tax reason. But cool, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Nice political stunt. Um, that's bullshit. I, yeah, so I yeah. guess like I guess what I'm saying, what I'm not saying is like the game is fucking fixed, right? So why would you bet on the Patriots or the Steelers when you can fucking bet on the refs? Because the refs <laughs> are always gonna fucking win, right? Like I went through uh, fuck the refs. what Tom. 20, 30 fucking financials in the last two weeks, and it's just like dude. 80% of them were just fucking straight lines up, right? Like, even even through, like, the 2022 bear market, I mean, some of them got hit pretty hard, right? But for the yeah. most part, it turns out if you're manipulating the market, your stock's probably going to go up in share price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't know. And th- th- I've kind of started to follow some uh, Capitol Hill trackers on Twitter just to see oh. which kind of, I don't know, Congress people or senators are buying shares of different things that may be impacted on bills at a later date. Yeah. It's, I mean, shit, man. Like, if they're doing it, they have to report, so. Yeah, why not, right? Oh, my. But did you hear about Nancy Pelosi? Did you hear about Nancy Pelosi? I did not. I can pull this up real fast. I I haven't checked Twitter. I've been pretty busy at work this week. I've been uh, kind of focused on that. It's it's not a bad thing. Not a good thing. Uh, Pelosi reported a half a million dollar loss on Tesla stocks. 
Oof. That so, sucks. Uh, <laughs> let's see. New filing revealed what Pelosi sold from their investment portfolio in 2022. Um, this is from Weeble. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, uh, dude, so dude, she didn't even break the top. She didn't even break the top ten this year. She had a her her portfolio had a negative nineteen point eight percent return. Like, dude, like it fucking makes me feel so much better when Pelosi's fucking just failing at the market too. Now, it sounds like she did a lot of tax loss harvesting, sure. right? Yeah. Or maybe she's selling out because she was fucking losing her job. She was like, oh well, I should probably just go ahead and like you know I'll tax loss harvest here and I'll take the L. But, like, since I'm no longer, like, Speaker of the House, I won't be able to, like, manipulate the fucking shit out of it anymore. Yep. Um, and so let's break it down. Let's see. She sold half a million to a million dollars of Alliance Bernstein Holdings. Hmm. Uh, let's see. There's 20,000 shares. She sold uh, for a loss of $11,000. She sold half a million to a million dollars with a Google. Also, can we talk about this bullshit range here? What is this fucking range? All right, like CEOs, insiders, everyone reports shares to the dollar, right? Like this many shares I bought at this price. Yeah. Right. The filings, the reportings might have like an average, right? Mm-hmm. But like, there's always fine print, and it's like you know these transactions between the 11th and the 12th, ranging between a dollar seventy to dollar seventy five, right? And like, yeah, that's how you get the average of a dollar seventy two point five or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah, is yeah. you know s- sold half a million to a million dollars of of alphabet. Like what? No. How many? How much of Alphabet did she sell? Yeah. Right? I know. Uh, so, on this, right, and uh, it's it, like, reported... They, they have to publicly th- report their taxes, but, like, is it actually publicly available? Do you know? I've never looked. Uh, no, they don't have to... I don't think they have to report their taxes, right? They have Sorry, to, like, publicly that, that, report their holdings. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I will tell you that, the, yeah, there's, like, a, there's like a, a congressional bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a law, right, to hold them accountable. However... Uh, if I remember correctly from John Oliver, right? Not a single person in Congress has ever faced any repercussions for it. Hmm. And like, so the the con- congressional trading, insider trading is bad, but it turns out congressional aid trading, trading is way worse, right? Which makes sense, right? Like, because uh, like, you know, these, these fucking congressmen, they talk to their aides, right? Their aides read the reports and they give them synopses and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, like no one, there's no, there's no public eye or spotlight on them, so they're much more likely to get away with insider trading. And like, if you get caught, it's like a two hundred fifty dollar fine or some shit like that, right? Which uh, our Griffin Patrick would tell you, is just the cost of doing business, right? Like, if I can make a hundred thousand dollars on a two hundred fifty dollar crime, like it's almost a crime if I wouldn't fucking commit that, right? Like, there's some kind of like ethical, moral, well, philosophical I, I just think niche, that, like. like I don't know. There's people that get caught and it's millions of dollars in, in fines. Those kinds of fines also need to be translated to people who are members of the government. Because yeah. if you don't actually have penalties, it's not a bad thing to do. And like you, you, you just hit it on the head there when you said it's a crime not to do it. Like you would be an idiot not to do that. Right. And, yeah. Like if know, speeding, there, there needs to be like an actual dollar. monetary fine, like where it's not even like a, a just like a million dollar fine. Like it, it's not like a set dollar amount. It should be like everything that you made on that trade plus a fine amount. Right. Yeah. No, there should like, be actual penalty. You, should, you, you to... should not get that profit. Right. Like yeah, that's uh... ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. The uh, the opioid family. If, the, the if you steal or something and go to jail, do you get to keep that thing you stole? 
No. Not they can't find. I mean, you can't. They can't find it. Well, okay. but yeah, usually, Fuck, yeah, sure. if they, Fuck, yeah, yeah. But unless unless you buried your treasure, yeah, like uh, I don't know. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Like, no, I agree. You I make ten million dollars on some kind of trade that was affected by a bill that you passed, and you get a two hundred fifty or like even a quarter million dollar fine. Okay, thanks. No, dude, yeah, no, I no, I think I think you break the law, like you like. If you break the law, if you break certain laws, you become a felon and you lose the right to vote, right? You lose certain civil liberties, right? Like when you break the public trust, right? Like you got this guy, I'm not even being political here, but this uh, George Santos, have you heard about him? Uh, my friend in Canada. George Santos? George yeah, Soros? Yeah, uh, Soros? No, no, not that guy. No, guy? Santos, uh, oh, no. no, not not George Soros. No, George Santos is... Uh, Republican, newly elected Republican congressman <laughs> from New York. We're literally talking about government officials, and my mind goes to the gold guy. <laughs> to, 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 Never I mind. Mean, Soros, I mean, for, for certain people on the right, it's it's one of the same. Uh, no, let me look up some lies from George Santos. So George Santos, newly elected, just completely lied to uh, the people about, like, the people who elected him about just everything, right? Like, he said he was, like, a star volleyball player. Uh, let's see. He, I think he said he worked for Goldman Sachs. Let's see. Here's every single lie told by George Santos. Here we go. Uh, he said he worked on, uh, his campaign bio stated that he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, but actually he worked for a company who had contracts with Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. Mm, Uh, he said he graduated, he got an MBA at NYU, uh, but he didn't graduate from college. Oh, uh, it's it's just bad, dude. He's got a seven hundred thousand dollar campaign donation, like from him to him. However, like in his tax returns from like, the year before, he only reported like fifty thousand uh, dollars hmm. of salary. So it's like, where did all this money come from? Weird. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the, like the 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 amount of lies. It's like absolutely ridiculous. Like we were all over here looking at God. What's that guy? Uh. Herschel Walker in Georgia talking about bear, vampires and werewolves, right? And, mm. and this guy's over here just lying completely. Oh, he said his mom died in 9-11. His mom's fucking alive, bro. What? Yeah, dude. That's bullshit. Uh, fuck, fuck that guy. Who? Wh- who wh- where is he? Who is he? What? Let's see. Uh, 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 in, George he, Santos? Uh, George Santos. In July 2021, Santos wrote on Twitter that the September 11th attacks claimed my mother's life. On December twenty third, twenty twenty one, he said it was the fiftieth anniversary of his mother's pa- the fifth anniversary of his mother's passing. A loss confirmed by her obituary. Okay, so maybe she's not alive, but she didn't die on nine eleven. Uh, still, still, yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, his grandmother was definitely not a victim of the Holocaust, and he did not have employees who died in the Pulse shooting. Hmm. Not a good guy. But anyway, so just. Yeah, just, yeah, but just like what kind of reporting is going on that he was just able to lie this entire time and then still yeah. got elected. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like, you know, people want him to resign. He's like, "Fuck you, no, it's great." Uh, anyway, watch. Yeah, uh, my friend up in Canada, just just watch this little shit show, uh, bloom, blossom in your attic that we like to call New York. <laughs> yeah, sure. Other things to be watching out for this week, um, PPI, inflation data, as well as Bitcoin, right? Uh, Bitcoin <laughs> seems to have woken up from a slumber real quick. Pretty interesting, actually. So, Right? So to give some context, we're talking about uh, at, at, at this recording on the 13th, 
right? Like we have watched Bitcoin go from sub 19 to over 21,000, right? Uh, at one point, an 11% increase on the day. Just Yeah, so CPI actually fire. down 0.1% um, month over month, but uh, maintained the projection of 6.5% on a year-over-year basis, which is actually down from 7.1% from same time last year versus the previous year. So yep, yep. it's interesting. But why? Especially why whenever you compare happening? it to the overall bond markets on all of the timeframes where they seem to have peaked there as well, which historically speaking, again, not indicative of future performance, but has signaled the bottom of the equities market. And this has also mm -hmm. been followed by a hard rally this week in equities and now Bitcoin on the weekend. Interesting, right? Because like, yeah. yeah, you're right. We did have a hard rally. Uh, this week, but you know, and you, even though SPY did go from what 392 ish to 399 uh, on, on a Friday, right? We still only ended up 0.39%, right? 0.4% up on the day. Mm. Whereas right now, we're talking about Bitcoin being up 11%. Yeah, I know. right. These, these two, the, you know, Bitcoin as of late, uh, especially has had a very strong beta, right? Yeah. To, to, to see this fucking. What times twenty times thirty? I'm not gonna do the math right here, but from point four percent versus ten point eight percent, eleven percent. I don't know. It's, it's, it is crazy right now. It's um, I don't know. So what do you think's happening? Like, there's not more regulation going on. Like, is this is this like we, a false bull we rally? Will, is this, we will is this a fake see. Out? Um, and I don't know. The, the Bank of Canada is going to be announcing their next interest rate decision um, this coming Wednesday. So that may be a good little indicator to keep an eye out on um, just to see what the Fed might do in the United States there as well. But if interest rates Maybe. do continue to go up with inflation going down, then that kind of signals that inflation wasn't really the issue. Because if inflation is going down, they should at least be plateauing. So we'll, we'll see. This, this next interest rate one decision is going to be an interesting one. I think for sure, for sure. Yeah. Now I know I don't know about you guys up in Canada, but like in the states, Jay Powell has said like I I don't have a problem like overcorrecting. Like uh, like we will we will yeah. go hard on the interest rates because it's better than having sticky inflation. Uh, and to make a correction or not a correction, but just because I was curious uh, from earlier, uh, 0.4 percent to 11 percent. That's a 2,650% increase. And it, so. it very well may be that the old 2% inflation rule might now be like a 3% inflation rule going forward. Maybe. I mean, you Maybe. know, I mean, we, we talked about this on, on, on previous episodes, how... But we, we did have a year of 2.5%, right? That's true, right? And like we've, so. it, we've seen to have changed the definition of inflation or, or recession. So yep. maybe... This 2.5 won't be a threshold for a recession like it was in the past. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, what was your definition of recession in the past? Because here it was basically um, two consecutive quarter, greater yeah. than two consecutive quarters. So it had to be confirmed by the third, but it technically started after the second is announced. So it's kind of like a yeah, low that's, period that's that happens. Much, but that's great, much ours. greater than two uh, consecutive quarters of negative gdp growth uh oh we have yeah gdp growth uh yes. specific growth and then um 
ours is verified by an independent body. Like there's there's a separate entity that says recession. It's not like two uh, now negative gross of GDP. That's what now, it is like, now. I'm not sure when we get that body. We've had it for a while, but they're oh. usually like uh, we we call a recession way after the fact. Like it's always like uh, not to be crude, but we're all we're usually balls deep in a recession by the time they they get around to calling it a recession, or we're halfway out of a recession I and see. they're like, hey guys, that was a recession back there. I see. And you're like, oh shit, should have bought the dip. Yeah, fuck that. That's ridiculous. But this, yeah, this, this last year they were like, no, that's not a recession. Nah, fuck, fuck your definition. <laughs> Heading in earnings. <laughs> what are you feeling bullish or bearish? Ooh, good question. We have uh, Ally Financial so, next week. United no. Airline. Hush JB for Hunt, hush First for a Bank. moment. So okay. I think financial institutions, specifically creditors, people who loan out money, are going to do pretty dang well. Companies that are borrowing money are going to freaking bite it. Okay. Okay. That's how I think it's going to be divided. And it's going to be interesting, but that's how I think earnings season is going to go. If you have a lot of debt that you're paying for, you're going to do very poorly with the high interest rates, and it's going to start to be reflected right now. We're coming up on that 12 to 18 months you were talking about earlier. Yep. Since the interest rates have started, right? They started last year, February. I I, I remember because I literally... I don't know. I work at a bank. I, I see interest rates every single day. Right. And as February now comes to roll around, you have an exact year and we're looking for that 12 to 18 months. So earnings season being right now, it's going to be the start of that. So it, it'll be pretty dang obvious, I think, over the next three to four weeks of who's borrowing too much and who's got cash in their pockets or who's loaning money. And I don't know, companies that have some like term investments at this point might not do too, too bad because any cash that they did have might have been earning a couple percent of interest. Holy shit, dude. Uh, I mean, I think you're spot on, right? Uh, not just on, on a PPI level, but on a CPI level as well, right? To, to use a she analogy, right? Like if you look at like consumer loans, like credit cards and other revolving plans for yeah, all commercial yeah. banks, according to For Fred, those that didn't understand this CPI to PPI analogy there, like basically corporately speaking, also equally personally speaking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, the, the pain consumers are feeling, corporates are feeling as well and vice yeah. versa. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if you pull up the chart on Fred, you can come to our Discord. Uh, it's free, by the way. We'll put a link in the description so you can join if you want to. Um the percent change at an annual rate is higher than it, it, it's been since the start of this chart back in 2021 mm-hmm. or 2001, right? So, like, I don't know, credit card debt and, or credit card and all revol- all other revolving plans, right, for commercial banks being at an all-time high or at least a 20-year high since, the, since they were uh, charting this. It's not good, man. No, uh, no, no. And- you know, we can only hold so much consumer debt, like – Dude, credit cards, like... Yeah, and, like, everyone can kind of think of this however deeply you want, but how much of the economy is propped up, do you think, by home equity lines of credit? Oh, geez, that's a good question. I bet you could just Google and find out. Let's see. Um, You know who might know? Fred might know. Fred probably does know. Hmm. For those of you who have not yet met Fred, um, join the Discord, first and foremost. But Fred's a supercomputer, actually. Um, So, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, he's not. He's no chat GPT, but he is not bad. 
Um, home equity line of credit surged by 30% in 2022 from 2021. Uh, wow, look at that. Approved, I was spot on with that. Jesus. Yeah. Huh. yeah no, dude. Not, so, yeah, and see, that, 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 Seattle, that shows, Seattle, 63. Major, that shows exactly what I'm going to be talking about, about these earnings that are coming up. You, de- debt expense has now gone yeah. up by 30%. There's been more loans, more cost to those loans. So, oh my God, dude! The average rate for thirty thousand HELOC was seven point six three percent, surging more than thirty basis points week over week. That was that was at the end of December. Oh my God, block, dude! Thirty basis points week over week, dude. Week over week. Yeah, dude. The Federal Reserve <laughs> raised its benchmark interest rate by half a percentage point in December. That could push rates higher for home equity loans and HELOCs. Uh, a recent survey found twenty one percent. Of respondents are considering tapping into their home equity in 2023. The way it works here is your your HELOC is always variable. It's prime. 21% is considering it, dude. Future tense, right? So we're talking about a 30% increase year over year from 2021 to 2022. And now we're talking about an additional one-fifth of the population. 21% are considering tapping into it for 2023. You know what? Uh, add, count count me in, bro, dude. If we bought them, if, if, the, uh, if we see 3,000 on SPX, I don't know, maybe... If Tesla gets to 80, I don't know. Not Tesla. Not Tesla. Don't, I don't know about fuck Apple with Tesla. either. No, nah, no. Nah. But, uh, no. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. No. Hey, Just, uh, Tom, Tom, I Tom, Tommy, Tommy boy, Tommy boy. Yeah. With a five year horizon, what do you think? Do you think ARK's going to come back? ARKK? You think, you think this is the last we've ever heard of Kathy Woods? I don't know. I don't want to uh, speak ill of others, but there right, might oh, just oh, need to be some management Ill. change. Would you, would you be long or short ARK? Right now, right now for the let's next for the next bucks. five years, let's say. Yeah, mm, I would say oh, it's, long. It's thirty six. That was a good. You would go long at thirty six. I would go long at thirty six, but again, I'm not going to because like fuck that. <laughs> if there's a management yeah. change, perhaps maybe, but like I don't know. It's it's a very speculative, like long out, far out ETF. Like what? Yeah, what's going to rebound? I don't want the, new management. I just want a new market. What's going to rebound the fastest in a bull market when we do get it? Speculative growth. Small shit. caps. And, I would say small caps, and if we have regulation, crypto. Yeah, true. If yeah, we have regulation, uh, in my portfolio, hey. probably. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, that's all I've got. Tom, anything else for you? No, I think that's it. So I guess we may as well just cue the outro. Thank you for listening to The Roots Report by Roots Research, LLC. Everything discussed in this podcast should be considered to be disinterested commentary between hosts. This is not financial advice, as we are not financial advisors. Please be sure to share, follow us on Twitter, Spotify, and join our Discord. Links are in the description below. This has been The Roots Report, and stay rooted.